0: Hi friends and welcome to the Be Nourished podcast where we talk about the nourishing things in life, relationships, food, jobs, dreams, and everything in between. Today on the podcast, we have the delightful Barb Hill. I'm serious. She's so delightful. She's so fun to talk to. She has, like, even her tone of voice is so calming and peaceful. I'm telling you, after this conversation, I was, like, lifted for sure. Um, but she tells us the story of how she started in Baltimore, born and raised, and then um Kind of just followed where God led her. She was listening for his voice, listening to what he wanted from her, um, which took her to Africa and California and Chicago, and now she's in Nashville. So I, um, I loved hearing her story. I was so thankful that she was willing to share kind of her different experiences and what got her where she is. And she also shares to um, the discipline of listening for God's voice. I know this can be challenging. Um, it can feel very shaming or very exclusive, I think, for a lot of people, depending on you know your history. But she kind of dives into some of that and shares with us how she knows God's voice and how she has cultivated that discipline. So I hope that you learn a lot from her and enjoy listening. Well, hi Barb, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So glad you're here, this is so exciting. I'm really pumped about Same. this. So, introduce yourself to us.
1: Sure, so my name is Barbara Hill, and um, I currently live in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, I moved here about a year and a couple months ago, and I am originally from the East Coast, um, so I'm actually a Baltimore native, and um, moved to Nashville, um Work um, in the field of counseling, so I'm a a therapist by trade, and um, so I'm loving Nashville. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been kind of jumping around the past five or so years. Um, I went from Baltimore to California, and then to Chicago, and now Nashville. So I'm hoping this is my last move.
0: (laughs) Yes, yeah, moving is tough. I've I've moved a lot, not that far as far as states go, but moving is really hard. I feel like right now with the Marie Condo stuff. I take moving as an opportunity to really get my Marie Kondo on. I don't really do it in between the moves, but I hope I don't move much more either. It is very exhausting.
1: I know. It really is. I know the Marie Kondo thing is definitely um, such a real thing right now. I started going through my closet myself, and -hmm. the one thing that – I haven't watched it myself, but a friend told me about how you go through each article of clothing, and ask if it gives you life or it brings yeah. you joy, mm-hmm. so I've been trying to do that.
0: Yeah, I know. I haven't watched it either, but I don't really like stuff anyway. I mean, I certainly like to buy things, but, you know, when the seasons change and I put my clothes away, I try to get rid of things, but I do hold on to stuff, I'll admit. I hold on to things probably longer than I should. Certain things. Yeah. But Same. It brings me joy! Uh, that's what I sell myself anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, well, we were going to launch into... Um, you mentioned that you kind of have moved around and done different things and I know That you have done some really cool work and kind of um, Shifted maybe maybe not careers, but just kind of shifted what you've been doing and what you've been interested in So I definitely want to get into that, but I want to start by saying that your website is incredible I know I told you this already But your website is so so pretty and I'm one of those people that if I go to someone's website it, I I hate to say it, but I like judge you know, the situation based on their website, like the Refuge Center. I was in Circe um, at the time trying to find a job in Nashville. And I immediately went onto to the Refuge Center website and I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is amazing. It's so beautiful. It felt so lovely. And it and it was, you know, the, the company truly is that way. So it was like a really big deal for me. So anyway, your website is very pretty.
1: Thank you so much. It's Thank lovely. you. Yeah, it was a labor of love. I had a a friend who's a web designer and we kind of went back and forth for months Mm -hmm. trying to, um, just make it the way that we were wanting Mm -hmm. to make it. So I'm glad it turned out well.
0: Yeah. It's, it's wonderful. So you mentioned moving around and I know that, um, you know, you've done some work with Zambia and you've been an esthetician, which I guess you probably, you know, still practice time to time. And now you're a counselor, which is so, Mm -hmm. it's so fascinating to me the different curves that your life has taken um, so kind of just launch in wherever you want, kind of start your, your story, but I'm so curious. And didn't you work with A21 as well? Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So kind of launch in and tell us about like your journey, the last, I guess, what is it? Five years, 10 years, something like that.
1: Yeah. Um, probably like seven to 10 years. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: if I'm including Zambia in and not, um, yeah, so certainly my life has not taken a linear path mm-hmm. <laughs> in any way, shape or form. I think I, um, you know, my to kind of go back a little bit, um, my original idea of what life would look like is I would, I was pre-nursing. I was going to Bible school. I thought for sure, um, I would be a nurse living in an underdeveloped country, um, just serving the Lord and, um, working in the medical field. So that was my original idea. And, um, as I just kept like moving through life, God just kept rearranging things as I kept moving forward. So, um, I finished my undergrad in biblical studies, and I knew, I knew that I wanted to serve on the mission field at some point, but I wasn't completely sure where exactly that would be, so, um, I was doing pre-nursing at the time, um, and I was just seeking God as to, like, okay, if I'm gonna serve on the mission field, just trying to figure out where that would be, and I had a heart for Africa, um, but obviously Africa is a big continent and I was just Mm -hmm. trying to figure out like where, which country um, was God leading me to go to. And I grew up in a church that was very like world missions minded. So I had done a lot of traveling um, growing up as a teenager, just with my youth group. And um, so missions was kind of like a part of my blood almost Mm -hmm. just growing up in that type of environment. And um, so through a series of circumstances, God led me to um, go to Zambia. So, um, around the same time that God was leading me to go to Zambia, God was releasing me of, um, really of the desire to pursue the medical field, which was kind Mm. of stunning and shocking to me because I had always had that in my mind as what life would look like. And that's, that's kind of marked a lot of, um, my life, like maybe having an idea or even a passion for a certain direction and God, um, speaking to me about a different direction or a different course that we're going to take. So it's, it's kind of required of me a lot of flexibility, which I, starting out, didn't have a lot of, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and, um, I always, yes, I started off being, like, a very black and white thinker, being a little bit rigid in my idea of what life would look like, so my journey has been, like, God just working in me this flexibility to, like, walk by faith and trust Him, so, Mm -hmm. um, so I uh, moved to Zambia and was there for a little under a year um, serving as a missionary with my church, and it was such a sweet time. Um, we had, at the time, seven village churches. We had a Bible college. We were we were working with orphans. So it was just this incredible kind of just time away with God where I could have the opportunity to live such a different life. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't punching in or punching out like I wasn't um, working a normal nine-to-five, um, and it was just like a really sweet time with the Lord, everything in that part of the world just slows down. Yeah. So instead of doing like a hundred things in a day, you're doing maybe two, mm-hmm. um, and you're spending real quality, intentional time with people. So I think it was really refreshing for my own heart just to be, um, doing what I was doing.
0: Yeah. And how old were you at that time?
1: I was 25.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. that's a, you know it's so the twenties are so tough, and I feel like twenty five is a really pivotal age of like, okay, I'm out of school, but I don't really know what I want to do fully yet, and so yeah, that's a really sweet spot to be able to go and and kind of have that time, you know, certainly figuring things out. But that's a seems like a good age. I remember being twenty five and thinking, you know, if I can do anything, it feels like I could do it now. It, it you mm-hmm. know if you're not married and stuff, it's it's easy to do that. That's amazing.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, so much of your 20s, you're trying to figure out, like, what's the path? What's the direction? Like, who am I? Like, all of those big questions are happening in those years. Um, Mm -hmm. So I was really thankful to be able to to spend some time and do that. So I lived there for under a year, and then I came back home, and I was reevaluating, like, do I go back out on the mission field? Like, do you have something different for me? I was kind of just reevaluating what the direction was. And, um, kind of to my surprise, God was shutting all the doors to go back on the mission field. And I'm like, mm. what? <laughs> yeah. i like, I thought this is where, you know, the direction you were leading me in. And sometimes we can confuse a season for like a longer term thing that God has for us. And I think I recognize mm. like, okay, this was a season for a specific purpose and you're actually continuing to move me forward in a different direction. And so um God led me into the skincare industry. Um mm. really for a few different reasons, like one being practical, that it was something that I enjoyed doing, that it was mobile. I could take it anywhere, I could do it anywhere. And um and it was just a way to work with people in a way that you could like really get to know them and help them. Mm-hmm. So I enrolled in uh, an esthetician program. Mm-hmm. And um I was working in the corporate world. I was working for Johns Hopkins for a cosmetic surgeon, which was oh, wow. really just like medical office coordinating um, and then learning from him um, as I was learning in school about skincare. And so it was a really cool world to be kind of invited into because he did some pretty some pretty interesting things um, mm-hmm. in his field. So I was just in school working with him um, and just kind of putting one foot in front of the other. I didn't really know where this was all going to lead.
0: Sure. So, so, it's interesting to me and I know you mentioned, you know, you've mentioned that you had an interest in skincare and you had an interest in in certainly in helping people and being with people. Did did it feel like a massive shift to go from living in Zambia to um being an esthetician and going back to school and like being in the corporate world? I mean, did that feel like a massive shift or was it just kind of like you knew that this was your next right step? Oh,
1: yes, it felt like a huge shift. Mm-hmm. Um it was almost like I had, um, like, whiplash.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was like, okay, God, this is this is kind of random. I'm not really sure where we're going here, but I'm yeah. going to roll with this. And I think it's one of those things when, um, like, through all of this, God was teaching me how to trust him and teaching mm. me how to walk with him. And um, I, it definitely felt like such a huge shift in the direction that I thought we were moving in. Yeah. And I think the big takeaway, like, when I've been able – to To look back, um, obviously hindsight is twenty twenty. When I've been able to reflect back on this, I had—I didn't realize I had a lot of concepts about what it would look like for me to be an effective Christian. Mm. Um, And I think my idea was that to be an effective Christian, living out my call, I have to be living overseas as a full-time missionary. Mm -hmm. Like for some, I think it was like part of the environment that I grew up in that was propagated and that's such an incredible thing sure. um, but I I had some concepts around that that I thought I couldn't be effective living out my call unless it was in that context mm. so I realized after the fact like okay like God was kind of breaking that concept down and, and teaching me like it doesn't matter geographically where you are it's that I'm leading you to the people that I want you to be led to, to do life with, to serve. Um, and I saw so much of that happen. Like when I was working in the corporate world, just these opportunities that God would bring these people into my world and vice versa. And in the skincare industry, like I was just seeing how effective I was in my call stateside doing something completely different than I thought I was going
0: to. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, it's, You know, it's interesting and it sounds so amazing and it is amazing. You know, you lived in Zambia and we'll get to the other stuff, but it's, I think I appreciate you touching on like the life shift. I mean, because when you believe that your life is supposed to look a certain way or you believe that making God happy or following his call or being, you know, his servant looks a certain way. And then all of a sudden you feel this massive shift and you do feel that it comes from God. It's like, wait a minute now. I'm confused you know I think that I think that God does that for us if we pay attention that there's a lot of things he does to deconstruct what we thought he could do or who he thought we thought he was but it can feel almost threatening like almost terrifying like are you sure because this is so different than what I thought I was supposed to do I mean it's it's hard
1: Mm -hmm. yeah I totally agree and I think um You know, in moments where he's being faithful to us, it does not feel like faithfulness. Yes. (laughs) It feels like
0: you're ruining my life. Yes. Very, very true. I agree with that for sure. So when you came back from Zambia, did you go back to your hometown or where did you land when you came back and you were like figuring out what you were doing and then you ended up going to be an esthetician?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I came back to my hometown, Baltimore was where I grew up, and our, the, kind of the home base for the church that I had been a part of was in okay. Baltimore, gotcha. so I came back to there and was kind of just finding my footing again um, when I came back.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, so you're in school, and you're working for this guy at John Hopkins, and then at what point did, because I, I know there was another shift, so mm-hmm. I, what kind of, what happened from there?
1: Mm-hmm. So... I graduated um, from skincare school in 2000, the end of 2012 and then just started working in the industry. I started working in the cosmetic center um, with the surgeon that I had been working with. I was working in a medi spa. So I was really just plugging away, just working in that field and still seeking God for like how this fit into the larger plan Mm -hmm. um but just kind of putting one foot in front of the other and just starting to see the value in where I was Mm -hmm. and I think that's kind of what God was after and and then really it's it's so hard to explain but almost out of nowhere this kind of idea this thought just dropped in my heart um about pursuing counseling and I think I was reading something or I, ca- I can't pinpoint the moment exactly, but this just idea dropped in my heart, um, which may sound a little, a little strange, but it's just how it happened for me. Um, where I was like, Oh, counseling, like, mm-hmm. and I, the more that I thought about it, the more it made sense because just naturally when I looked at my life, I had fallen into that role in every relationship I had ever known, like with yeah. family, with friends. Um, just naturally falling into this role of helping people process through their thoughts and come to different perspectives and asking questions and this was something that was so familiar to me and I was like oh my gosh I could pursue this formally like as a career Mm -hmm. for some reason it just had dawned on me until that
0: moment yeah Which is so, you know, (laughs) it's really, really cool. I mean, it's just really cool how your life, there's a major thread between everything you do. Even though looking at it on paper, it feels like massive shift after massive shift. Like Zambia, and then skincare, and then counseling. It all feels, you know, on paper like it's so different, but you're exactly right. I mean, I think the heart behind it all, the thread behind it all, is that In everything you've done, you've wanted to take care of people and help people, whether it's through nursing or helping them take care of their skin or like working in the cosmetic industry or like wanting to be a counselor. I mean, the heart behind it is all the same. So I think it's really cool that you have touched on so many different areas, but really it sounds like everything behind it was really just wanting to help people and and work with them and lead them to new perspectives. I think that's so neat.
1: Mm. Yeah, thank you for saying that. I can tell you're a counselor yourself because you did that so well. <laughs> you <laughs> well, tied that together so
0: well. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I do think it makes, you know, I think it makes for a well-rounded clinician to be able to work in so many different areas and experience so many different things. You know, I think it helps you relate to not, not just a lot of people, but... I'm just even thinking of all the amazing metaphors you could pull from, like, you know, being an esthetician. I'm, <laughs> like, such sure. a nerd. <laughs> I know, and I'm kind of the queen
1: of metaphors. Sometimes I love it's it. just so helpful to have a, a picture for what we're
0: talking about. I know. Sometimes I have to rein myself in. I'm like, Allison, you cannot use another metaphor. Like, people are going <laughs> to be lost. They're not going to – because I just love metaphors, but yes. <laughs> yes, I feel the same way. So funny. So, okay, so this thought dropped in your heart. You were like, oh, Counseling. What what happened from there? I mean, what did you do about that?
1: So I just started to do some research and started to look into programs um, for counseling. And the undergrad program that I had done was um, was a biblical studies program. So I was curious around, like, would there be master's programs for counseling that would even accept mm-hmm. my credit? So I was kind of running into some of those challenges. And initially, when I had this thought about counseling my, my first ideas or thoughts around it were maybe I would work as a biblical counselor inside of a church or a lay counselor so I found a program that was a Masters of Biblical Counseling that was willing to take all of my undergrad credits um, which was a huge win for me Yeah. and so it was an online program a university out of Georgia so I just was like let's do this yeah. let's go for it um, and started to take the classes online and I was about I was still working in the skincare industry and doing this program online, and I started to read and learn a lot about human trafficking and started to learn about A21, Mm -hmm. and in the process, I started to also sense this, just this leading from God um, over the course of the, the year and a half that I was in the online program, that just the sense that, My life was going to really change in a huge way that I wouldn't be in Baltimore, um, Mm -hmm. come that fall. So I was in the summer, um, leading into this, into the fall of 2014 and I just had this really strong sense from God. Um, it was kind of just, you know, when you're inundated, like people you talk to and things you're Mm -hmm. reading and everything was pointing to God preparing me for a really big shift Mm -hmm. in my life. And, and then I knew that I needed to do an internship for this program that I was in. So I started clicking around on a 21s website and they had some internships in California available. So I just applied and I honestly wasn't connecting applying for this internship with the sense that God had given me about not being in Baltimore in the fall. I don't know if it was one of those mm-hmm. moments where I just, you just don't connect it. You don't see it until you see it. Right. One of those things. And so I applied and, um, Everything moved really quickly, and they accepted me for the internship in the summer, and then my first day, at 21 was September of
0: 2014. Wow. And was so it, like, it was just like, a couple months, or was it, like, a year-long internship, or what was the what was the thing?
1: So the wild part is that when I took the internship and when I moved to California, it was the sense that this was going to be kind of a forever closed door on... Baltimore and on the life Mm -hmm. I had always known. And I was moving in a direction that I was very uncharted um, for me. Um, So it was, I was so prepared for it though. It wasn't, it was strange because I think God had prepared me so well that I wasn't scared for how different things were going to be. And uh, I just remember landing in California, being at the A21 office and being like, okay, this is exactly where I'm supposed to be. This is so bizarre, but this is exactly where God um, wants me and he's prepared me for this. And, um, so that's how I walked into working with A21.
0: Wow. And was like, did they know that? Did A21 know that like, Hey, this is, I'm here and this is where I'm staying. Like, or was it, you know, were you just planning to be there for a little bit?
1: I knew that I wanted to, um, you know, be there for the duration of the internship was, which was about six months, um, okay. but in my heart, I knew that I wasn't going to be going back to Baltimore, but I had no clue what that was going to mean,
0: yeah.
1: and a lot of a lot of people that go into these internships at age 21, they end up falling in love with the mission and falling in love with the work and the organization, so a lot of them um, stay on as volunteers and just permanently relocate to California, mm-hmm. or they end up getting hired on, and Uh, that's kind of what happened to me. I started after the six month internship with a 21, I was still doing my online counseling program and really realized that I wanted to, uh, work with trauma survivors or work, do primarily trauma work. Mm -hmm. So the program that I had been in wasn't really set up, um, to be licensed. It was more set up to be certified as a lay counselor. Mm -hmm. So, um, there was a lot of moving parts at this time, like I was starting to um, be asked to work with Propel Women as an edit- to manage their editorial calendar. I started working with Bianca Olthoff, who is um, a-, a speaker and was working for A21 at the time. And I was working in the skincare industry, so I was literally like, wow. my hands were in like so many different things, which I don't advise. Right. <laughs> it was it was definitely a lot. I had bit off way more than I could chew. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: And I um I'm a two with a three wing, so I think that three wing was very very strong. Yeah. Um. At the time. Um. So I was yeah, there was a lot of moving parts that I had my hand in, but it all made sense at the time somehow.
0: Yeah. Well, and I guess I should have mentioned ahead of time, tell us a little bit about A21 in case somebody doesn't know what A21 is.
1: Sure. So A21 is a a global nonprofit um, organization that um, is an anti-human trafficking organization. So they have, um, I'm trying to remember the number, but I think there's about, like 12 offices across the globe Mm -hmm. and they take a a really holistic approach to um, anti-trafficking efforts they are they have a lot of initiations or um, programs to raise awareness and they have shelters abroad I think um, in Thessaloniki Greece and Mm -hmm. uh, in Bulgaria and, um, so they work with like the rescue and rehabilitation part of the anti-trafficking efforts. And then they also are involved in the prosecution piece. They have some pro bono lawyers that work with them, mm-hmm. um, to try to bring justice for the survivors as well. So, yeah. um, they are, they just, their hands are in the, you know, the whole spectrum
0: yeah. of anti-trafficking. They do amazing work. And isn't Christine Kane like the, the forerunner of that? Is she kind of the one who started that or does she just work with them?
1: Yep. So she's the founder. Um her husband is the CEO, so they're still very much involved. They live um in California, so um the California office they would come in pretty often and mm-hmm. um the California team carried a lot. Um so I got it was a great opportunity to see a lot more than I probably would have seen if I was in a different office. Um yeah. just because the home base was kind of that's where everything was starting and all the initiations were going out.
0: Sure. Which if if you don't if people don't know Christine Kane she is not playing like she is <laughs> she's not she's amazing I've listened to her speak before and she's she is she tells the truth and she's not afraid to tell the truth and she's very she's a, a spitfire for sure so she's she does amazing work and I think a21 is amazing too so I'm glad that you kind of gave it a plug because I wanted people to know what it was in yep. case you know they weren't sure so you're at a 21 you're doing the skincare you're doing your program you're trucking along What happens next? This is like the best story ever. I'm like, so, this is amazing.
1: I know, I know. It was, it was a wild, crazy season of life. Um. So I, I finished, I was coming up on finishing my online program in 2016. And at this point, I was very aware that God was leading me into trauma work. And um, at the same time, to make things even more complicated, Propel had offered me a full-time editorial job. Mm. So, I was faced with two very different career paths. Um, I could either stay in California, work with propel, do mainly writing and editorial work, or I could continue pursuing counseling. Um, and I, I was at a crossroads. I had really no clue like what, what I should do. Cause even though counseling was obviously this really strong desire and passion of mine, I didn't have any obvious next steps mm-hmm. for what that would look like. Does that look like more schooling? Does it, um, does it look like moving again? I was kind of clueless as to what to do. So I was working with Bianca Olthoff at the time, um, and she was traveling to Chicago. Um, It was March of 2016. And um, so we took a trip to Chicago together, and I had this impromptu, spontaneous conversation with this lady named Deb, who happened to be the program director for Moody's counseling program. And she didn't know anything about me. I didn't know anything about her. We just ended up having a conversation. And she found out that I was finishing this program. Long story short, she was like, listen, if you, if you want to move to Chicago, we'll get you a job. We'll get you into the program. It was almost like she laid out the red carpet for me. Wow. And I was blown away because I was going into that trip um, incredibly prayerful. I was like, "Okay, God, like I'm, I have to make a decision when I go back to California, and I have no idea what decision to make." Yeah. And I just prayed, like, "God, give me clarity, give me definition." And um, it was wild how much He did. Mm-hmm. So that was that was the catalyst that um, that one confirms that counseling was the path to pursue. And so I turned down the job, um, with Propel and I planned to move to Chicago, um, that coming fall, um, to finish the remaining credits in the master's of clinical mental health counseling that I needed to in order to get licensed.
0: Wow. That is amazing. I mean, honestly, were you like, (laughs) did you feel like Chicago was where you would stay or did you just consider it like, this is where I'm going to finish this out? Or what did you think?
1: I was open. I didn't have a lot of confidence that it would be my landing spot, but I was open. Uh, I went into California the same way. I was like, okay, God, I don't know if this is where I'm going to be for the long haul, but I'm open. And that's the way I went into Chicago.
0: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you get to Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> so you're in this I room. I feel like traveling around the world. I mean, really, it's so amazing. And honestly, too, I just think I love your willingness, your willing spirit, because I... Cannot imagine like I've moved a lot but it's pretty much just been from Tennessee to Arkansas like 16 times I don't know why mm. I keep moving so much but um, you know I just I just can't imagine like moving across the country and then back and then you know somewhere else and it's very brave I mean it really is very brave and your willing spirit I think is so powerful that you're just willing to go where you need to go I think that's really really cool
1: thank you thank you Yeah. I think yeah I, what I've learned is that the my willingness or my level of willingness has been kind of contingent on like how much I believe God is who he says he is. Um, For me, that's been like kind of the the hinge factor that in moments where I haven't been willing and moments where I've closed my heart off to where he was leading me is I think there was some doubt around like if he really was trustworthy, if he was good, if he was wise, if he had my best interest in heart in mind. Um, so I've I've found that to be true through all the twists and turns
0: of life so true, yeah that's definitely true so you're in Chicago and you're finishing out your program and what what happened after that?
1: so I again, not advised I did (laughs) um, basically I transferred in half of my credits from the other program and then I had the other half of the credits to do in a year plus internship and practicum, so I was I was, um, busier than any normal human should be. Mm. Um, but I just, I was so wanting to be able to work in my field and I was so over being in school. So I was like, let's just do this. And I just gave it my all and, um, finished the clinical mental health program in Chicago in, gosh, when was that? August of 2017. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. August, 2017. And at that point when I finished the program, Um, I had, I had, I was a little unsure as to what the next step was, although I had visited some friends in Nashville a couple of times and I knew God was kind of speaking to me about Nashville and I was like, no Lord, no, not another move. (laughs) (laughs) Right? I was like, anything but another move. Um, and so I started working with um my program director who was also my boss and my professor owned a private practice and I started seeing clients formally um after I graduated. So that was great for me. I started to really develop as a counselor and mm-hmm. started to realize the population that I was really passionate about working with and you just figure out your strengths and your areas where you need to grow and kind of just finding my rhythm as a counselor, um, while I was just seeking God about, do I stay in Chicago or am I moving to Nashville? Um, so that's where I was at, at that point. And then it's kind of a, another long story, but God was, God kind of pulled out all the stops, um, to speak to me about moving to Nashville. Mm. And it was, it was probably the most unusual move that I've ever made. Because with California, I could point to A21 and say, I'm moving to California because of A21. With Chicago, I could say, oh, I'm moving because of school and this program. But with Nashville, I had nothing to hang my hat on, so to speak, aside from God's voice. Mm. And I had, you know, no, no, like, concrete thing underneath my feet, like when somebody would say, like, why are you considering moving to Nashville, or why did you move to Nashville? It's kind of a tricky question for me to answer, because it was just this persistent, leading
0: um, of God to move here. Yeah, wow. Which, I do wanna talk about that Um. once we, well, I guess now's as good a time as any. I, you know, you've mentioned several times that you really felt God leading you and nudging you and, and taking you places. And I have certainly felt experienced that in my life, too. But I think, and I think this is really important to talk about, I'm wondering if you'll share just kind of your experience of that. Because I think a lot of people feel shameful that they either can't hear God's voice or they don't know if they're hearing God's voice or they feel like He's not speaking to them or they don't know if they're doing what's right. And so I just wonder, you know, especially nowadays, I think people can use Christianese a lot. They use the verbiage of Christians. And it can be very exclusive and it can be very... Hard for people to understand even what that means. And so I just wonder if you'll share a little bit of your experience of how you know God speaks to you and like what does that mean for you and you know just kind of that, just maybe bringing it down some because I, I want everyone to feel that it's possible for them as well, you know, and I don't want it to seem like this thing that's only for a few people, if that makes sense. Mm,
1: yeah, I love that. I mean, I remember when I was, and maybe I was a senior in high school going into my first couple years of undergrad. I was so daunted by this whole idea of, like, walking by faith, like, it felt like this far away idea that I couldn't, like, grab a hold of, mm-hmm. and I wanted to, like, I wanted to, when I would hear people say, like, God led me, or God spoke to me, or, like, you know, walking by faith, living by faith, all of these ideas felt like things I couldn't really wrap my arms around. Yeah, and. So really, like it was, it was a journey of, of a few different things. Like for me, I think there's like some foundational things that we can um, that we can stand on, um, and, and I found this to be true. Is when I've when I started to really wrap my arms around this idea of hearing God's voice and being led by Him and walking by faith, um, it was so tied to developing a relationship with the Bible for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just knowing like who God is and what he thinks, how he thinks, what he thinks about me, who I, who he says I am, like all of that was so foundational to, um, to being able to hear his voice, um, just knowing what he thinks and how he thinks. And sometimes I would open my Bible and be like, I have no idea where to go and what to read, but I'm just like, I'm just going to open it and I'm just going to read it. And I'm going to trust that, at some point it's going to serve helpful for me. And Mm -hmm. at some point, um, this is what I'm reading is going to come back to my mind in some helpful way. And so I started just developing a relationship with the Bible and, um, trying to figure out what it looked like to develop a relationship with the Holy Spirit. Um, and, and finding genuine community. Like those were three foundational things for me, um, Mm -hmm. that, once, once those started really clicking for me and once I felt like I had a connection when I read the word and, um, I felt like the Holy Spirit was a part of the Trinity. I understood and Mm -hmm. it was a, a person that I could actually have a relationship with, um, and having genuine godly community around me, people that would challenge me, that would, um, that would support me, that would, um, yeah, just encourage me as mm-hmm. I was figuring life out, like those three things have been invaluable to me and very foundational. And then also realizing that God speaks to us in such personal ways, like we can't put any of this in a box. So right. by saying like the word and a relationship with the Holy Spirit and genuine community, those are not formulas by in any way, shape or form. Those are just, for me, they've been foundational things to stand on. And then kind of like an anchor to a ship. It's like, you know, the anchor, um, stabilizes me. Um, and on the surface of the water, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of, um, God can, can cater and personalize how he speaks to each one of us. Um, and both are important. Like we don't have, they don't have to be mutually exclusive. Like I can say, God speaks to me personally, like, let's say like if you love nature and you're walking in nature and like you see the wind going through the trees or you see like a bird flying by, like that may speak to you in such a deeply personal way mm-hmm. um, that may not speak to the same person in the same way because God knows how he's made each one of us. So to me, it's been this, um, I guess this this dual idea of like, okay, there's these anchoring things um, and then there's also a lot of movement on the surface that like God is unique Guys, personal. Um, and we don't have to compromise either in the process.
0: Yeah, that's really, really good. I think the biggest things I hear are diligence, you know, certainly the three pillars that you mentioned of community and being the word and understanding the Holy spirit. But I think also it's just diligence, you know, it's, it takes us coming back to him every day and that can feel very hard. And I think too, I want to mention that I think seasonally things can feel kind of tough. Like I had a rhythm when I was a single person. I, you know, I had my time that I got up and prayed and read and spent time with the Lord. And then when I got married, it looked different, and it was hard for me not to feel that it it I it was bad. You know, I wasn't spending time with the Lord the way that I did when I was single. And it was it was hard to get my footing on that because I was so used to it looking a certain way and having that quiet time in the morning, just me not having to worry about anything, and now I have a husband and two dogs, you know? So it's it doesn't look the way that it did, but it doesn't mean that God is any less personal to me or any less speaking to me. It's So much of it is me needing to carve out the time elsewhere to— and also, like you said, you know, taking the little things that I may not have looked at before as ways that He is speaking to me, like having five minutes to play a worship song in between sessions— Before, you know, that was not something I needed or really even had to do or thought about. But now that is so important to me because I don't have the same time that I did before. So I think, too, an encouragement for people as they shift seasons, you know, God shifts with you. It's not like Mm -hmm. just because your time looks different or you got married or you, you know, you're single or you broke up, whatever. It's all the same. Like, God is all the same. It just kind of depends on how we're reaching to him. As long as we just Mm -hmm. keep reaching, I think it's all good.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's so important to say. And I love what you said that um, that God is shifting with you like he doesn't he doesn't lag behind like he moves with you into these different seasons and one thing that's been on my mind too is that you know sometimes there're seasons where like God seems really quiet yeah and and that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not seeking him. And that doesn't mean that he's not present. Um, and I think that sometimes the silence can be terrifying for us. We're like, wait a second. Like, seems like my prayers are just hitting the ceiling or it seems like I can't get any clarity around like what I'm supposed to do or where I'm supposed to go. And I think for me, at least it's, um, knowing that this, the silence and the quiet is, it's a season and it's normal, mm-hmm. um, and it's okay. I think to just, just normalize that experience for us is important because then fear doesn't have to be so loud. Yeah. And, um, and to know that like God is doing just like a, a deep work in those moments where it seems quiet and he seems silent. Um, yeah. and, and just knowing that that's okay too. And it's not going to be a forever season.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's a good point. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. Cause I think, I think it's, so important. I don't know. I just feel very strongly about people not feeling that God only speaks to certain people and mm-hmm. you know, everybody's personality is different and it's going to look different for everyone, but I appreciate you sharing your perspective on that. Cause I think it's, it, it is inclusive. God is inclusive. You know, it's mm-hmm. not, it doesn't have to be this big thing that feels impossible. So right. I appreciate that right. for sure. Okay. So you mentioned, so back to Nashville, you, you moved to Nashville. What yeah. happened then? <laughs>
1: I moved to Nashville last January, so I made it one year, I I made it one year alive, so that's good,
0: (laughs) Um,
1: and I moved um, really not knowing, I mean, I'm still figuring it out, but um, I knew, uh, once I said yes, then all of, like, the practical things started to come into play, like, I found a great job at the Refuge Center, which is a counseling agency in Franklin, um, I found a place to live, like all those things kind of just fell into place. So mm-hmm. I had been working at the refuge center, um, and, and still am. And I also had been working, um, at Rocket Town, which is a program for teenagers, 13 to 18. And it looks, it's such a different role as a counselor. You know, mm-hmm. it looks more like a mentorship in the beginning, developing relationships with a lot of kids that are coming. Um, from kind of some some difficult, rough um, areas and just investing in them, loving them, and then it kind of naturally turns into more counseling-like conversations. So I've been doing both of those, and um, God's been so good to give me incredible community, um, which was huge. I think the first couple of months I was sitting in my apartment, alone wondering what have I done yeah <laughs> what decision did I make why I where am I like what's yeah. happened asking all of the questions and um it's been really I got a dog that was huge yeah um I went to the shelter I was like I need a dog yeah. just give me a dog <laughs> <Too funny. laughs> um so I got a sweet little puppy who um who really taught me a lot about like a little dose of what future motherhood may look mm-hmm. like yes um and uh, but he's been such a sweet little companion in this new season and just it's amazing how god has just brought incredible people into my world um and it's you know my season in california and chicago gaining this quality of people and community um was not as easy as it has been here like it's been such a huge answer to prayer so i've just been plugging away it just um working in counseling and, um, just growing as a clinician and, um, very exciting. I'll be moving into private practice over the next couple of weeks, which is like a huge unexpected step. I'm like, okay, yes. another adventure.
0: <laughs> so fun. I did private practice yeah. when I was in Nashville. I, I worked at the refuge center as their uh, postmasters fellowship program. And then I jumped into private practice and it is a different beast, but it's, it's really yeah. fun. I enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. It's yeah I'm fun. looking forward to it. I think it'll be a good next step to
0: whatever yeah. whatever the plan is so did you is when you moved to Nashville did you start your website then or did you, did that come before Nashville or when did you start that?
1: Yes, great question so when I was in California and I was doing the the online program, I just realized I had so many things that I wanted to write about and instead of just journaling them I thought well maybe it would be helpful to share some of the things that I'm talking about and thinking about um so I there really wasn't a ton of thought going into it in the beginning aside from it was almost a therapeutic outlet for me Mm -hmm. to start and um started the website like that and just would write my thoughts and and share about what I was learning and and then it just developed from there over the years. Um, I think working for a twenty one and specifically Propel um, was was really great for me to be able to refine my website and my vision and my goal for that. And then most recently, I redesigned the website because I realized I have had my hand in a few different pots, as we've already discussed. Mm-hmm. That working in the skincare industry and um, you know having a lot of thoughts around faith and spirituality and then and then also working in the mental health field, I thought, well, I need to kind of rework this so that it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I designed the website really as like a space where um, people can um, learn about their mind, their body, and their heart. Um, so it would be kind of like a, not a one-stop shop, but they would feel like it's so inclusive of all the different parts of them.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so that was kind of the heart behind the, the recent change.
0: Well, it really is. It's so beautiful. And I love how you have uh, like guest writers and people can just learn about different things on there. I think it's super cool. I just haven't seen very many websites like that. So I really like it. It's very neat. Thank
1: you. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. The conversation series part, I just realized that so many of the things that I was writing about had been sparked by conversations with my friends and, um, and I thought, well, why don't I just create a space for, you know, some incredible people, that have inspired me or sparked, um, you know, conversations for me, um, just create a space for them to contribute and share their thoughts as well.
0: Yeah. I lo- It's a good idea. I love it. I really love yeah. it.
1: Thank
0: you. So I always ask people at the end of every podcast and I kind of am throwing this on you because I realized I didn't prepare you for this ahead of time, but, um, I always ask people, what is nourishing you now? So this can be anything at all, anything small, anything big, anything.
1: Hmm. Such a good question. I have to say probably the biggest thing in this most current season would be community. Mm -hmm. Um, I've had some just really challenging moments over the past couple months.
0: Yeah.
1: And especially I think when you work as a therapist, you're holding space for so many people in such a meaningful way that you start to realize that the people you surround yourself in your personal life becomes that much weightier. Yeah. And I think in, as you know, when you're sitting with people, your your heart is to be as present as possible. And when you have personal things going on in your life, it, it does make it challenging to be present um, in your time with people to hold space for them and be grounded the way that you want to be. Yeah. Um, so I think what's been nourishing me a lot in this current season is just Incredible, incredible quality people, yeah. um, and that doesn't mean a lot. It's like you know, a handful of people that are just life giving, and especially for a two, the journey is like it's okay to have needs.
0: Yes, Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know what I mean? Like we're always like we need to be needed, yeah. um, but to be able to reorient myself to the fact that it's okay to have needs it's okay to share your vulnerability with people that are trustworthy and safe and
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um so that's been huge for me in this most current season i would say
0: yeah community is everything it really is it means so much Mm -hmm. well bob this has been such a delight i have truly i have loved talking to you this has been so fun i feel like i could talk to you for a hundred more years (laughs) I feel the same way. (laughs) So good. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I have truly loved it. I've learned a lot from you and I'm excited to go forth. It's really cool. Thank you so
1: much. Thank you for having me. This was so fun.
0: I seriously felt so good after talking to Barb. She just has this way about her that just makes you feel good, which is awesome because she's a counselor. (laughs) Um, As always, I have all of her information in the show notes, so be sure to check that out. Her website, I know I said this, but her website is seriously beautiful. It is very well done, and that's super important. As someone who has had a website and also has looked at other people's websites um, for agency work or whatever, it's super important. So anyways, I just want to honor her hard work, and it's beautiful. You can also find her on Instagram. She always shares really good content. Also, want to let you know that this Friday, the 8th, I will be releasing a blog post to explain um, Be Nourished Spring, which starts on the 18th, I believe. Maybe it's the 19th. It's the Tuesday, not next week, but the following. Um, I can't keep up with that day. But anyways, I'm releasing a blog post to explain kind of what I want to do with it, what my heart is behind it. There's also going to be a giveaway, um, all that good stuff. I just love the spring, and I think it really embodies what I hope that my podcast is. So... Be on the lookout for that. You can find um, my blog information in the show notes as well as my Instagram. Hope you guys have an awesome rest of your week.